0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Subscribe to the Hit That Line podcast network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe and Hit That Line podcast network.
2: we that's on the line, is. The voice of the Arkansas Razorback,
1: Chuck there. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have
2: from ESPN's Around the Horn, highly questionable, also a two-time Dan Levitard show SUI winner, and a <laughs> former heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain.
1: And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback baseball and the Ladybacks. Three,
0: two, one... Yo, live from the Hyndman Services studio, it's the Friday Hog Talk podcast. I'm Ty Hudson, the host of the Friday show alongside me. Oh my goodness, it's loaded down with some all-star talent here. And I'm the water boy. These two guys, they've got it going on. Kyle Sutherland and our very own baseball analyst, Kevin Bohannon, a.k.a. k How are you boys doing?
1: Fabulous and just uh I'll tell you man I'm not really needing any water right now. I'd prefer some hot chocolate with what we've had this week. I know that uh y'all are uh, just like always Northwest Arkansas is probably struggling a little bit more than than we are down here uh, just because the temperatures tend to get a little bit colder normally but man what am i saying the whole entire nation it seems is struggling in their own ways man especially our friends down there in texas hope everybody's staying safe we're about through this i know next week it's going to be really nice 50 60 degree weather but man has it been a week i'm ready to
2: get out of the house yeah how are you doing man good to be with you boys it's uh it's funny Went on the radio last night with uh, Dr. Rainwater, and he was talking about hey, it's baseball season. I'm like, there's a foot and a half of snow on the ground, but yeah, somewhere it's kind of like five o'clock somewhere. Somebody somewhere is going to play baseball this weekend, and the hogs are headed out for Texas in the morning, and hopefully we'll get three games in. Hopefully,
0: yeah, I that's that's the question everybody has is, you know, or at least the people I've talked to this week is, are we even going to have baseball down there, and what are the conditions like down there, and uh, and then of course. What do the hogs, what do they do down there? So we're going to try and get to all that before the end of this, uh, before the end of the show. Please do us a favor. If you guys are listening, you can do it now or at the end. Just rate and review the podcast. It goes a really long ways towards, you know, I mean, supporting what we do here. Um, yeah, and Kyle and I, we're like an old married couple, always talking about the weather. Um, it is crazy. It is very crappy outside. I like cold weather. I don't like this kind of weather where your you know your windshield's frozen and uh, you know there's ice everywhere. I'm not in. I'm not into this. Like I'm not. This isn't my thing. Snow's cool. I don't mind it for like a day or two, but uh, I'm ready for it to go away now. And I'm like you guys. I'm ready for baseball. I mean, it's. I'm trying to get caught up on everything. Thank God this is. I'm so happy we've got Cabo in here on this Friday show. We're gonna get into that, but that will be later. Okay. First thing on the agenda, really quick, going to glance over this, the NCAA, this isn't shocking to anybody, and it's just, I think it's borderline ridiculous, but the NCAA has once again extended the recruiting dead period now until the end of May, May 31st, and you guys, if you've listened to the hog talk long enough, you know how I feel about this. This puts Arkansas at a little bit of a disadvantage, in my opinion. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, we had dead period extended all through last year and, and Sam Pittman still found a top 25 class. Maybe he'll do that again. Um, but I, I, I just I hate it because I wonder how much better could we be doing if we didn't have this dead period? Because we all know when you're in the same room with Sam Pittman, when he's in there talking to those mamas and papas, you know, getting to know the family. He's that kind of guy. He brings that energy with him. Uh, not, not like the high octane Houston, Nut energy, but it's, it's more like maybe more like an aura or something. I don't know. You get in the same room with the guy and you feel like you've known him for years. And I think that's just, that's an advantage he has in recruiting. Not a big fan of this extension, but whatever the NCAA is going to do whatever they want. Uh, next thing really quick. And again, we're going to try and glance over these first couple of things. Guys, um, once again, Arkansas basketball catching a little bit of hype. CBS, in their latest poll, this came out yesterday, they have Arkansas in the top 20, sitting at number 19. What uh, what are you guys thinking
1: about that? Kyle, I guess you can go first. Man, it's great to see them back in that position again. You know, history will tell you, and I'm not really one of those guys. I've said this before, that it's like, well, they did this before. They've played like this before when they're ranked. Man, you know, the thing about which was – typically a bad way under the Mike Anderson era but right now man they're playing and clicking on all cylinders they're doing exactly what we thought that they should be I said that last week whereas when we saw at the beginning of SEC play after the Auburn game now of course you didn't have Justin Smith for a lot of that but they just weren't trusting themselves I don't think they didn't trust each other and they didn't trust themselves fully I don't think that a lot of the stuff was true about the bad locker room chemistry and people hating coach (laughs) Moss the players hating coach Moss and all that but you know, the big men are playing like they should be playing Jalen Williams. He's not lighting up stat sheets. But what was that stat that Hogstats put out the other day? He's the only guy to come off the bench in three different games. Now, it's been three games throughout this year. I know it was LSU, Florida, and maybe the second game of the year. I can't remember who that was, where he came Mississippi off. Mississippi Valley State. Yeah, Mississippi Valley State came in and got ten, 10 rebounds. And you look at what Justin Smith has been able to do, particularly the last two games. Coach Muss had talked about how he's playing like a next level player. And then Connor Vanover. I've said that just about every pod over the last couple of weeks, last five games or so. He's just, I wouldn't say he played lights out, but he's averaging three blocks a game in the last six games. He's doing exactly what you thought that he was going to be able to do. And so it's not just like Moses Moody has to put up 25 or 30. None of these guys are putting up just amazing stats here and there, but you look at what what Jalen Tate is doing second or third. I think he's third in the sec and assists, setting guys up for shots. He might lead the team in turnovers, but he's setting guys up for really good shots and he's, he's doing what he needs to do on the defensive end, guarding the team's best guard in most cases or just about every case.
2: Cable okay, well. and Kyle, you and I talked about this on the pod back when we were still doing non-conference games that if every guy figures out their role, this is going to be a good team. And they, they could be a top three, top four team in the SEC like we had talked about. And they're on pace right now to finish, you know, 13-5, and 12-6, about where we thought they would to get the top four by. And Devo Davis, so glad to see him. Uh, got a starting role now. He's earned those minutes, playing 35, 36 minutes a night. And it's like you said, everybody's doing their job and they're not trying to do too much. Yeah, sometimes Jalen Tate may try to do too much, but – in the end, you, you, you kind of take some of that because of the good that he brings, and nobody has to go out and, and be a superstar every night because we're able to have, like Devo the other night, 18 points led the way for the Hogs, and nobody has to go out and put 25-30 up like Mason Jones was having to do last year. And that makes this team better, well-rounded overall, I think.
0: So many different scorers on this team. We talked about that since day one preseason we talked about this going into non-con and conference. And I had people in my live chat, PTN, like, Ty, I'm not – what are you talking about with these weapons? Here we are. I mean, you had, what, four of your starting five in double digits in scoring. You're getting guys off the bench that are getting double digits. You know, you look at J.D. Notte, who's coming off the bench several times this year, in conference play getting double digits, although, you know, he's starting to see less minutes. I'll tell you something, as we go on throughout the season – I think a big difference in the second half of this year and cable, you kind of, you already mentioned it. It's It's been Devo's emergence, getting more time on the floor and not just, not just empty minutes. Like the guy is getting quality time on the floor and just in his ball movement, his ability to bring the ball up the court. He's just such an asset to have. Then on top of all that, you've got Justin Smith, who's a hundred percent. We're seeing how much that matters him being a hundred percent in conference play I think some of it's Connor Van over, too. Getting, he's also getting quality minutes on the floor. Moody's still great. Uh, Tate has been a thorn in the side of teams on, on the defensive end and a couple times on the offensive end in conference play. Y'all know how I feel about Jalen Williams. Kid can get – he can flat out get it done underneath. He's a workhorse. Comes off the bench and what, he get 9-10 rebounds. And he's, he's capable of stretching the floor a little bit, similar to Connor on the offensive end. Uh, but again, Devo's emergence, emergence lately, I mean, it's it's mattered big time for the Hogs, and you're seeing that difference. Devo coming onto the scene like he has, I think, is is a big reason. On top of what I mentioned too with Justin Smith and Connor and so on and so forth. But uh, that's it's kind of it's almost. I don't want to say it's a tale of two seasons because you've only got really, I would argue, two really embarrassing losses, which were the blowout losses to LSU and. And Bama, the Mizzou game, I mean, it, yeah, I guess you could call it a blowout for those fans that, you know, were super triggered after that game and upset about how that game unfolded. But then you see how that all, look at the difference between that Mizzou game and, and, and the second one. And uh, Justin Smith didn't play in the first game against Mizzou. You know, Connor Vanover, I think they were still trying to figure out how to use him uh, on both sides of the floor. I think there's kind of been this, I don't know what you want to call it, like, just figuring out where to put Connor in certain positions. How much do you really want him out in the perimeter? How much do you really want to you know stretch him out? And how much time do you want to give him on the floor? We're starting to figure that out. So um, I'm impressed with what they've done. I don't know how they finish the year out. We get asked that all the time. I am not. I don't know yet. I, it looks like two and two is likely. It could be three and one. Hell, they could go one and three. Or oh, and four. I think that's unlikely, though. Okay, stick around. We got a break coming up. Next, we're going to have Discord questions and we're getting into the baseball talk. You guys stick around.
1: To find the exact shoe you're looking for through our friends at eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go for that perfect pair you've been looking for. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent authenticators that verifies the logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points along with protecting the seller with a verified return process. For the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Visit ebay.com sneakers. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. With American National, you get a dedicated agent who will help you make well-informed decisions about protecting your lifestyle. Call us today for a free review of your commercial, home, and auto policies, or to learn more about our customizable farm and ranch insurance. Let the Atkins Agency be your agency of choice. You can visit us on the web at theatkinsagency.com, call us at 501-428-0877, or connect with us through Facebook. Go Hogs! Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. The Hawk Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handyman. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336.
0: All right, welcome back. Um, My bad. I left out that we were going to talk about recruiting on this this segment. There's so much stuff going on, it's easy to forget one or two topics. I am human. I am capable of making mistakes. Kyle, we've got some recruiting stuff coming up. Had some news... I don't I, you know I guess you can say some breaking news about some uh, some stuff going on with some recruits what do you got for us
1: Yeah there was a, a couple of guys that announced that they were going to uh, Andrew Chambly soon the offensive tackle four star for 22 out of Maumel, announced that he was going to release his top seven pretty soon. Before I get into this, he's the first one that I'll mention, but I want to tell you guys about our friends at Bet Online. Football's over, guys, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing, and the only place you should be betting is on these sports is at BetOnline.ag. They cover anything from awards, TV shows, to reality TV, with hundreds of props and real-time game odds on almost anything you can imagine, and, of course, the online casino that never Closes so head to Bet Online Jot Ag today on your mobile device and sign up to receive fifty percent off your welcome bonus. That's Bet Online Ag. Bet Online your online sportsbook expert. So like I said, uh, Andrew Chambly, he's got Arkansas, Auburn, Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss, Penn State just to name a couple. He didn't announce what day it will be, but I will imagine possibly sometime next week. You could expect to see the Hogs in his top seven. Just a massive kid, about six seven. Pushing to – I would say he's listed as 285, but I would say he's probably closer to about 300. Another one to watch is Curly Thomas. He's out of Nolan Catholic in Fort Worth. 6'4", 245, twenty six 26 ranked strong side defensive end. Oak, Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Michigan State, and Penn State are a couple to watch out for that seem to be his favorites. We Our uh, godfather of the show, Jacob Davis, told us earlier and he had announced it on his Twitter and Facebook page that he was talking to Curly and that he, you can expect an announcement from him soon like the Hogs chances there and then some others to watch here in the future Joshua White another strong side defensive end now a big one a big thing about him is he is the teammate of at Cedar Grove High School of uh, Rashad DeBinion the running back that committed last week so uh, he does have quite a he's actually got Ohio State Georgia Florida Auburn so a lot of big time offers 17th ranked strong side defensive end in the country but uh, a lot of people seem to like Arkansas's chances there. I'm not exactly sure where he stands. I don't think that there's been any kind of uh, crystal balls or anything leaning anybody's way, so it's completely wide open. And then the last one I've got here, Jason Llewellyn, a tight end out of Alito, Texas, Arkansas, Auburn, Michigan, Texas, or some that have offered him. He doesn't have a ranking on rivals or 247, but he is a three-star according to rivals. Just doesn't have a ranking in terms of numbers. And that's the only ones that I have here on my list, but another one that I just thought of. Uh, We mentioned him last week, James Joyner, running back out of Little Rock Parkview. He's going to announce his, I think he said, top 10 schools probably in the next week or so. I I think that's actually, Cabo, isn't he releasing it on the show or Drive Time Sports next week? I want to say at 4.15. I'm not sure if you heard anything about that.
2: Yeah, Randy mentioned something to me that he that will be released on the show next week.
1: Yeah, so that's another running back for 2022. And so if he commits to Arkansas, then that's two for the, for the class of 2022. And so it looks like they'll probably be set there uh, for the next class. But those are the ones to watch right now. Like I said, Curly Thomas, uh, one that you could possibly really put on. I don't want to say put on uh, commit watch immediately, but you know he is telling people that it will be pretty soon. And so that's the one that you'll probably want to keep an eye on uh, more so than the others in terms of most recent.
0: Thomas Carly Thomas with 34 total offers according to 247. Uh, what's interesting, he's in Fort Worth, but no offer from TCU. I don't understand that, but he does have an offer from Texas Tech, uh, Arkansas, Cal, Georgia Tech. I mean, he's he's got he's got a load of uh, of offers. Uh, I've not watched anything on him, but I've heard. I mean, obviously, the people that do this for a living think pretty highly of him. Again, he's like Kyle had mentioned, pretty big boy, six four and a half, six five, almost 250 pounds. Uh, he's a composite three star in two four seven, but uh, Arkansas trying to inch their way towards having another another uh, great recruiting class, another top maybe a top twenty five, top twenty. We know that that's at the top of Sam Pittman's. That's that's something he wants to nail down: is is uh, better better recruiting classes, better ranking. Star power matters apparently to Sam Pittman, uh, and and I I don't I don't blame him. I mean. Uh, You look around the country, who's winning these, who's going to the playoffs? I mean, it's not these teams that are finishing 50th or 45th in recruiting, right? So Curly Thomas and those guys, keep an eye on them. um, They look like they're going to be pretty good gets if Arkansas could manage to land all of them. Okay, next up, cue the music. Discord questions. So we uh, we have we have a few, not too many. We'll go through them here. Jay Hawes, Jr. 17. Can the Hogs continue this hot streak in hoops? Will Mus put a lot of effort in the SEC tournament or will he let his guys rest up and let's play us some dang baseball? Um, hot streak, yes, I think so. Obviously, who you play matters. And if you can carry this into, you know, you've got a and then you've got uh, what is it, LSU first, then Bama, I think. And then you close the year out on the road against South Carolina. I don't see any reason if they bring their A plus game like we've seen lately that they can't beat these teams, all four of them. I mean, they're capable of doing it. Is it is it likely they beat all four? Probably not. Again, they could go three and one, two and two, one. You know, they they could end up winning one or none. But if they could continue to play like they have lately, I see no reason why they can't continue the hot streak. Uh, As for um, the SEC tournament, I think you're going to, because of the uncertainty thanks to COVID-19, I I don't see Musk taking the tournament off. I don't know about you guys. I don't see him taking it off.
1: No, I certainly don't because right now it's looking like Auburn, or I'm sorry, Alabama has all but clinch the number one seed it's going to be very light, unlikely that they catch them so you're fighting for that two spot right there but more than likely they're going to get a top four seed which means they get that double bye there's your rest right there and I just don't see must taking his foot off the Ooh. break uh, so yeah. uh, I, do, I think they can continue the hot streak I'm not so sure they finish off undefeated but I could certainly see them. I, you know, I really don't know what to think about Alabama. They have cooled off a little bit. I certainly don't think that – it's easy for me to say that uh, I certainly don't think that they're going to beat them to that extent, which I don't think they're going to beat them by 30 or whatever it was the last time. However, Arkansas is known to give up a lot of threes, so hopefully it's not you know 14 or 15, whatever it was. I can't remember the exact one that Bama hit on them last time, but you know they're definitely going to be they, – they've double teamed the team's best player quite a few times times this year you can certainly think uh that they're going to double team john petty
0: yeah yeah for sure 110 percent. KBO, you got anything on that one
2: yeah and i think they're peaking right now and i hope they can continue that peak and ride that wave uh but yeah right here down the stretch if they can go two and two uh win a game or two they want to stay off that eight nine line and possibly not get put in the same region with baylor or gonzaga if they can get to a 6 seed, you know, right along that way, they got a chance to get to the second weekend, which has been the thing of Arkansas basketball since 1996. We've been trying to do is get back to the Sweet 16. So, yeah, I think they ride it for a little longer.
0: All right, Devin H., Will Must, I think he says, I think he meant Must there, Will Must leave us for Kentucky? I, I mean, I can't comment. I mean, I guess really the question is, does kentucky fire Cal? i think that should be the question and would must be maybe here i am i'm phrasing this guy's own question i'm sorry devin but could he leave kentucky or a or, uh, Cal get fired from kentucky and must make the shortlist
1: maybe but that hasn't happened yet so i, I don't know no I, right now no no, I, there's no chance of that happening. I'm not saying that Muss wouldn't leave to go to Kentucky, but Cal's not going anywhere, I don't see. Unless he happens to maybe take an NBA job, uh, which I, I don't really see it happening, I think that he'll be back mm-hmm. in Kentucky next year.
2: Yeah, at this point in his career, I don't think he's looking to make that leap back into the NBA again. So, yeah, he's staying there for his lifetime contract. Yeah.
0: with uh, And this is from AW underscore 99 in our Discord. With the way our basketball teams are playing. Is it terrible to think that both could win the sec title if they try? And also how much faith do you guys have in Arkansas pitching this year? How bad are old Mrs. baby blue uniforms? Uh, both. Uh, I, I mean, there are they capable? Yes. Both. I think both men's, uh, that's actually a good question. I think both men's and women's teams are capable of winning the sec. Do they both? I'm going to, I would bet. no, um, pitching staff, I'm going to let Cabo answer that that part of the question.
2: Yeah, pitching staff this year, once they figure out the roles and who goes where and figure out those chess pieces, it's going to be a really good staff. It's most likely the deepest staff that Coach Van Horn has ever had in his 19 years up there in Fayetteville. So and once they figure out the starters, it, it will look a lot different a month from now when we start playing SEC play against Alabama. Versus the way it's going to look this weekend. So yeah, once they get it figured out, because there's a lot of good arms up there and a lot of guys that can pitch and not just throw. What do you What do you think of their baby blue uniforms, the Ole Miss baby blue? I'm a fan of baby blues, but I just uh, and I have a I have a kid at Ole Miss this year that played for me, so I got to temper my. Uh, I, yeah, i just not, not a very big fan of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly
1: where I'm at on that. That's, a, that's pretty much the exact same thing I was going to say. I And mean, obviously, I didn't coach any kids that play for them. But my hatred for Ole Miss, I think, outweighs my love for baby blues. Like, Pulaski Academy's baby blues, absolutely oh, yeah. love them. But, man, I just I can't love anything about Ole Miss. I hate that university with a fiery <laughs> passion. Uh, just uh, Yeah, I just cannot stand them. Um, but in terms of the pitching staff, I, I'm right there with Cabo. I, I think that uh, I think that once they figure out the rules, kind of like with what – which we're going to get into baseball here in a second, but kind of like what we saw with basketball this year. Once we figure out who the relievers are, who are going to be the weekend guys, who are going to be the weekend starters, that kind of stuff, I think that that's – I mean, because it's very deep. There's no question about that. So it's going to be kind of similar to basketball. It could take a little bit of time. And so you just got to be patient there. I know that, again, I say this all the time, we get so tired of – hearing the word be patient and we're close and all that stuff and then what was oh the other one about the men's and women's i would actually give and i i think this women's team they've they've proven what they can do this year they're having a phenomenal season but I still – I just don't know if they can get past South Carolina. I think the guys would have a better chance of of winning the SEC because I do think that they can hang with just about anybody. I know they've got that to prove against LSU and Bama in particular. They rebounded against – no pun intended – rebounded against uh, Missouri but still have some stuff to prove against LSU and Bama. But I think that uh, the guys would have probably a better chance of winning the SEC.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Alabama has shown some kinks in their armor a little bit this year, but man alive, they look good. I mean, they're just playing some great basketball. Of course, I'd put all my money – if I were a gambling man. I've gotten into Bitcoin the last couple of weeks. I would I would wager some Bitcoin to take South Carolina in the women's and Alabama in the men's. But a tournament setting's different. I mean, it just it just is. It's it's different. So who knows how it how it pans out. And the very last question from Trip is it just me or do the Hogs play harder and tougher every game? Also, yay, baseball. I've noticed that too. I have. Uh, it's not just Desi Seals anymore. You know, I mean, that's what we used to talk about in the beginning of the year. Like, wow, watch Desi Seals. The guy's playing out of his mind. Like, he's playing, you know, he's going after those loose balls. He's sacrificing everything, life and limb, to go after a loose ball. Now I'm seeing that with everybody on this roster. What do you guys think?
2: I think they've relaxed a little bit more. They're not pressing as much now, and that's the big thing. Early on, I think they were pressing, trying to show what they could do instead of just settling into the role like i said earlier so if you're not pressing you're going out there and just playing and it is just a game you relax a little bit more the shots tend to go in a little easier whether you're on the road and at home i think that's one thing that gets overlooked about this team is must won more games on the road in his first however many games than any coach before him so yeah they're having a lot more fun out there they're a lot more relaxed and that leads to playing harder
1: yeah, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about how you just – I don't feel like that this these guys trusted themselves or the entire team because you just really didn't know who had what role until they finally got that figured out. And now that they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff, they're just playing very lax. You see these great pregame uh, speeches that must – with the UPS and the Row the Bolt still on that from – not stealing it, borrowing it from P.J. Fleck at Minnesota – those kind of things right there. It's just, you know, he has fun, but he's also extremely intense. And we've all we've always known that about him. Now, of course, that's used to his disadvantage whenever we're uh, not winning. But I think it's a great thing that it shows, you know, hey, man, look, we can have a good time while also going out there and winning games. And they're just playing a lot more loose right now, which is resulting in much better play. All
0: right, well, there you have it. Thank you guys so much for all the questions in Discord. Uh, that's become a little bit of a staple here on the Friday show. So we, we do appreciate your questions. Shout out to all you guys in the discord. If anybody wants to join our discord, just check our bio on Twitter. Our link is, uh, our Twitter, our, our discord link is provided for you there. So, uh, okay. The, the, the part that everyone's waiting for, I know a lot of people really excited about baseball. It's thank God. Thank you, God above. I'm excited for Cardinal baseball because of their offseason moves and then Razorback baseball. I mean, it's, it's Razorback baseball. When is there ever a time not to be excited for it? Um, so we know they're headed down, the Razorback baseball program, headed down to Arlington for the State Farm Baseball Classic this weekend, which was pushed back by a day. We have the lineup. We know that uh, Zebulon Vermillion's is going to pitch against Texas Tech. Uh, Peyton uh, Pallet, I think I pronounced that last name right. Pallet.
2: Yeah. Is it Pallet? Okay. There, yep, that's Paulette. what I
0: do. I butcher last names. That's what I do here. He's going to pitch against Texas. And then the lefty, Lockhart, is going to play or he's going to pitch against uh, TCU on Monday. Uh, I know that there are questions. And again, if you guys. Hopefully you're better than I am, and you and you've done a better job about listening to to Cabo here on the Hog Talk and on the radio down in Central Arkansas. But we know fans have got questions about Patrick Wicklander and Connor Nolan and so on and so forth. But we'll just start with this. And someone had already asked the question about the bullpen or about pitching, but let's start with this tournament, Cabo. How well? What? How well do you think they match up down in Arlington?
2: This is as close to a opening weekend in Omaha that you can get in February. Wow. That, that you can possibly get. The, the Coach Van Horn, you know, they played in the Shriners Classic against Texas, Oklahoma, and Baylor last year. And they saw Ty Madden, they saw the Cavalli from Oklahoma. So those guys went, or Cavalli went in the first round. Madden's going to go in the first round this year. They're going to face Pete Hansen from Texas on Sunday, I believe. If he's number two behind Madden, he's the number three-ranked prospect in the Big 12 right now. So you're going to have that Omaha atmosphere down there, and you're going to have 15,000 fans in the stands. You're going to have more, more scouts are going to go to Texas this weekend than any other event this year, I would bet, except for Omaha. So it sets up. And I told you guys the other day, I wouldn't be surprised and don't don't be surprised if they come out of this thing one and two because of just how good these teams are. Texas Tech's ranked three, third, uh, according to d1baseball.com. And then Texas and TCU are right behind them, right behind the Razorbacks at nine and 10. Texas Tech's lineup is probably the best in the nation, saying Florida, or probably got the number one offense, Texas Tech's right behind them. Uh, led by Dylan News and Jace Jung. Jace Jung, the the name may be familiar with you. They, Josh Jung, his older brother, in the pros now, played for Texas Tech when we played them in Omaha in 2019. But yeah, their their lineup is really good. Micah Dallas uh, is going to be their starter on Saturday. They're just really loaded. I think their their lineup is a little ahead. Of their pitching staff right now, they still got a couple of things to figure out. But yeah, uh, in getting back to our pitching. The three guys that Coach Van Horn and Coach Hobbs selected to start these games are the ones that have been the most consistent and have deserved to get a start the first weekend. Doesn't mean they're the ones that are going to start SEC play, but as of right now, February 18th, they're the guys that have earned their start. And Connor Nolan and Patrick Wicklander, even though they were starters last year and the year before Nolan was, they're not as consistent right now. So they, Coach Van Horn has to put his team in the best situation possible to go down there now. How we match up, I think he did a great job of how he stacked it up. You got a guy with Vermillion who offers a really tough plane to hit off of. He's 6'5, he comes out of a high slot, high three quarters. It's going to be tough on hitters. Guys on our team are really co- uncomfortable hitting against him in the box. And Coach Van Horn said that in his press conference. Then you go Paulette against Texas, you got nine, he's going to work 94 to 96. His curveball. The spin rate is 3,300 RPM. And just to give you a comparison, the tops in MLB last year was 3,346. So Paulette has a major league curveball. It's got good 12-6 shape. And then on uh, Monday, Lyle Lockhart, who's a grad transfer from Houston, pitching against one of the oldest teams in college baseball this year, TCU has five. Seniors that came back, didn't go play pro ball or didn't go in with the rest of their life. They've got a lot of fourth and fifth year guys. So the way they stack the pitching staff up, the starters, at least, it gives us a good shot to do the best we can do this weekend.
0: So if if you look at D1Baseball.com, when they released their top 25 about a month ago, they actually have Arkansas rated right ahead of Texas. At yeah. Arkansas at 8 and they had Texas at at 9 and of course they had Texas Tech at, at the number uh, you know number 3 TCU's in there as well the top 10 I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you said this is as close to the Omaha atmosphere as you, as you could possibly get um I guess really I you know this is is there much to take away from a tournament setting like this like if you go down there and you do go 0 for 3 or on the other side of it you go three and O or whatever, is there much to take out of that? Like, Oh no, we're in trouble. We just went Oh and three. We're going to be bad. You know, for the, for the common baseball fan out there, for anyone who's kind of a, you know, on the outside looking in, what would you tell someone if they're panicking on social media? Oh my God, Cabo, they went Oh and three. What do I do with my life? We're going to be terrible this year. What would you say to someone?
2: Yeah, I, I would say to the average fan don't have extreme feelings one way or the other. If they go three and O, I believe it was back in 2016. They had a preseason or a non-conference event like this. They went three and zero, and then finished 26 and 29. And then a a year after that, they went zero and three or one and two, and ended up 46 and 20 and made it to Omaha. So, or right there, you know, next to it. So, yeah, don't put a whole lot into this. The biggest thing is we're getting to see other pitching. We're getting to see other teams. And you'll kind of get to see a measuring stick, uh, prospect wise and player wise, how our guys stack up with the rest, the best in the nation, especially guys out of Texas. Texas is always a hotbed for Major League Baseball. Mason Wynn, who is out of Kingswood, Texas, got drafted by your Cardinals in this past year's draft. You know, the, the prospects are always there as far as, you know, going right out of high school into the pros. So we're going to get to see this weekend how we match up with younger guys and older guys. How I, The thing I'm really really interested to see is how has this COVID and the, the log jam affected the level of baseball? Are we going to see fewer walks, fewer errors? It's to, is this going to be the cleanest you know, series that we've ever seen? There's still going to be mistakes, don't get me wrong, but I'll say this about this Razorback defense. I think this could be one of the best defenses As far as fielding percentage and athleticism that Coach Van Horn has ever had because of what we have up the middle with Obitz battles more and then Franklin in the center field. Mm -hmm. You have first-round, second-round talent at all four of those positions, and that's something that hasn't happened at Arkansas ever.
1: Kevin, what do you see? I was just going to ask Ty real quick. We talked yeah. about Wicklander and and Nolan last year. In order, you had Nolan Wicklander and Blake Adams, who was a, fr- a true freshman, went one, two, and three for the weekend starters. I think it was Eastern Illinois that we opened up against. Where do you see them currently? I know you said that like it could be different once we get into SEC play. Where do you see their roles, especially Wicklander and Nolan? I know a lot of people have questions about them. Where do you do you see them possibly coming in in relief, maybe this weekend, or possibly waiting until the next couple of games after we get out of texas
2: wicklander has been terrible out of the bullpen in the past if you remember back to his freshman year he was always better if he had a start inning if he came you know at the beginning of a ball game rather than right in the middle in the fifth or sixth inning he just couldn't he needs that game before the game in the bullpen to get feel for his fastball and know exactly where it's going to go it was obvious by him having 19 walks and 17 innings last year that something wasn't right and coach van horn divulged to the media a couple weeks ago that he had a little medical issue during the off season is he 100 i don't think he is because i haven't heard much about him he hasn't thrown really well in scrimmages he had a good fall uh, comparatively to what he's been doing the last few weeks but Um, He's gonna have to figure some things out if he's gonna, you know, be a big contributor. I think he is because he has some really good stuff out that out of the left side. He works ninety-one to ninety-three, and he can get a lot of hitters out. Connor Nolan is gonna be. Think of Jake Rindel in the past—that guy that can come out of the bullpen and throw four or five innings if a starter goes down, Mm. or it could be a spot starter. I think Connor's stuff is average a little maybe above average right now he's not throwing as hard as he you know as they projected him to he's going to be 88 and flash at 91 92 but he's going to work off his off speed he's had to develop his off speed pitches so he can be a little bit more effective because 88 89 gets hit a long way in this league so he's going to be somebody that's going to keep you off balance maybe for three innings if he has to go through a lineup more than once, I think he gets in trouble. So I think that's where the long relief role comes in at three to four innings. So yeah, I see those guys, you know, he could be, if we have a starter and if they want to chop him up and you have a starter go four innings, I think you should, you could see Connor come in for two, maybe three. That way you get to the back end of the bullpen. You get Elijah Tress, who's going to come in blowing smoke at 98, 99 and blow the doors off this thing.
0: Which is interesting. Cause I mean, we all know when he chose when he chose to go baseball full-time over football, the hype with this kid was unreal. I remember reading – I don't know if that's yeah. true to this or not, but I think uh, Kansas City was scouting him out and said he was like a, a fifth-round prospect or something.
2: Yeah, he, he wrote a letter to all 30 Major League Baseball clubs and said, don't bother drafting me. I'm going to honor my commitment to the Arkansas Razorbacks and go play football and baseball for them. So, And perfect game had him at number 334 in their – prospect list for this upcoming draft uh, because he is draft eligible, of course. But, yeah, he just – kind of, it seems like he's kind of plateaued. And you look at projectability with these guys and Coach Hobbs and Coach Van Horn and Coach Thompson, when they're recruiting guys, they see somebody that's 6'2", 200, you know, coming in at Greenwood, Arkansas. and like, man, he's put together really well. He's going to project to be throwing 94, 95 and be a really good pitcher. Came in as a freshman and it's just, it hasn't taken off like they thought it would. And when you get these guys that are coming in that are throwing harder, they have better stuff, they have better spin rate on the fastball and their curveballs slider, and then they have better stuff overall, they pass him up. And that's exactly what's happened this year.
0: Well, staying on pitching for a minute, how, how, I mean, again, you're the, you're definitely our baseball guy here through and through top to bottom. I mean, I realize that the, the pitchers that you have your your one two three starters, you know. There's some questions there, but how do you feel about the overall bullpen, top to bottom? You feel like it's pretty strong. I know they're loaded down with left-handed pitching.
2: Yeah, it's really good because you know, like I told you guys, I'm glad we have left-handed options now. You got you, if Wicklander figures it out, you got him coming out of the bullpen. You got Caden Monk, who was right there to be a starter. He threw five really good innings in his start last year in the fall, last fall in the Fall World Series. Then you got guys like Zach Morris, who came in from Cabot, Arkansas, showed really good flashes last year at 95, 94, 95 from the left side, really good curveball. And then you look on the right side of things, listen to this. You got Kevin Copps, Cole Ramage, Caleb Bolden. Those three guys could be starters on a lot of teams in college baseball this year. And they're going to be coming out of the bullpen and they're experienced guys. Then you got Blake Adams, you got one of my favorites, not only because I coached him, is Jackson Wiggins. He's 6'6", and he's going to throw it 97-98. He was a little upset that he didn't get to start this weekend. But Jackson and Coach Van Horn said if he figures it out, he can be a Friday night guy in the SEC just because of his stuff. It's, it's absolutely electric. When people talk about electric stuff, think of Kumar Rocker. They make 97-98 like effortless. And when people see Jackson Wiggins on the mound at six and he looks like he's just throwing soft toss and, it, and it lights up the gun at 97, 98, there's going to be some jaws dropping. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you have more stuff like that with this team. I think the numbers where you got 15 that are regularly 90-plus and then you got nine of them that are 95-plus. And then we had even talked about Jacob Burton, who is one of those guys in the closer, Elijah Trest. Elijah Trest is the 16th-ranked relief pitcher by D1Baseball.com in the nation. So that just shows you. Plus, we moved last year's starter up to our Saturn our ace right now. I say ace because he's the first starter out of the out of the gates this weekend. So, Zed Vermillion, he's going to be a high draft pick. You know, I think they're only going to go twenty rounds, but you have more depth this year. And in, in a normal year, you probably have eight to nine guys that are going to contribute. You got as many as 14 or 15 that are going to contribute really quality innings this year, not just mop up in a 13 to two midweek game against uh Prairie view, a and M something
0: else. And that's just good stuff. Everybody, uh, Kevin Bohannon with us. I know he's not, he's not someone who's on a lot of our Friday shows, but he's here and he's giving us all just some gold here on, on Razorback baseball. Um, something else I wanted to ask you. And I, I, I think I mentioned it in our group chat, uh, Arkansas is projected somewhere around top 12, top 15. Getting out of this tournament, do, do you feel like, and I know that this is a loaded kind of an early question, but do you feel like maybe there's a little bit, maybe too much hype, not enough hype on this on this baseball team this year? Or where, are, are they right where they should be?
2: I think people's expectations of them being the program that they are now and Coach Van Horn taking them into that upper stratosphere of elite programs and Arkansas's name is always in the conversation now, A, because they have a chance to win the SEC every year. If you have the chance to win the SEC, you're a national contender. Now, I think they're right around anywhere from 12 to 15 right now, just because the, the starting pitching hasn't been proven yet. Mm-hmm. The lineup is there. The, they're going to hit. They, they're very athletic. So they have a chance to score runs a variety of different ways. They can hit the ball out of the ballpark. They can hit and run. They can slash and run. They can do a lot of different things. They can play opportunistic baseball. A lot of people call it small ball, but they can be opportunistic and bunt. They can move runners. They can, they'll be able to run bases this year. Coach Van Horn in press conference last week said, look, when we got a runner on first last year, we didn't run a whole lot because the guy behind him was liable to lead the yard and hit a home run. We can do that this year, but we have a lot more guys that are gap-to-gap double hitters. So they might run a little bit more this year. It might be a really athletic team that steals a lot more bases. So I think they have a chance to make a run at Omaha if they get the the pitching figured out. And the quality and the talent is definitely there. They've just got to put those chess pieces in in the right place for them to be that type of Omaha team.
1: Well,
0: final question. This is the only thing I have left, Kyle. I don't know if you, you've got anything. I, uh, man, this, I,
1: I just had that one. This is just, I'm like you said, just a second ago. This is some gold. I'm sitting back like I was that Phil Elson and Bubba Carpenter episode, just soaking in the knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. Just <laughs> soak it all
0: in, baby. Just let yeah. it soak in. Hopefully, the audience is doing the same. Final question that I have, uh, and again, Kyle, you could follow up with anything you've got as well. Um is there anyone on this roster you think no one we're just not talking enough about? Is there someone that could surprise everybody?
2: Cullen Smith. The, he is going to start at first base. He's from East Tennessee. He sat out last year for transfer rules, but the kid can absolutely rake from the left side. He hit a ball off the B and W at the stadium above the scoreboard in a scrimmage last week. Agreed. And that is a shot. So that's 450 feet. I'm, I'm guesstimating there, but guy like that is going to be somebody. Uh, Lyle Lockhart. It's good to have on the pitching side of things somebody like that that's proven he was an All Conference performer at Houston as a Friday night guy, and he's going to be a, a starter, maybe a, a long reliever back end guy here. So you know, yeah. But look for Cullen Smith. He's going to he's going to raise some eyebrows. And one thing we haven't talked about, the, the actual lineup, Coach Van Horn came out today and mm. he, he named the starters for, for the first game against Texas Tech. You got Opitz at, at, behind the plate. You'll have Cullen Smith at first. Him and Brady Slavens are going to chop time over there. Brady Slavens was the JUCO player of the year out of Johnson County Community College. It's ridiculous video game numbers like 507 last year with them before they got shut down. But he came from Wichita State. Cullen Smith's a little bit more advanced at right now on the defensive side of things. So that gives him the start at first. And then you got more in Battles in the middle. The the old reliable, Jacob Desbitt at third. And then left to right in the outfield, you'll have Braden Webb, who's out there again. Our man, Christian Franklin, who's on everybody's first-team All-American list, which he yep. is very well-deserved. And then the freshman, uh, Caden Wallace, in, in right field. Uh, Coach Van Horn said it's going to be tough to keep his bat out of the lineup. So uh, that, that's where he's in the start. Caden was a top 25 prospect in the, in that 2020 class. So he's probably going to hit in that six or seven hole, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really interested to see how that, how he makes the lineup out, you know, going into Saturday. I
0: tell you, and it's, it's crazy that, you know, the sec, it's so loaded. It's like you've got all this great talent and, and then you wonder, man, how good could Arkansas all be if they weren't in the SEC having to deal with oh <laughs> <Hell> yeah, <laughs> week after week, ranked opponent, top ten here, top five there every single week. Kyle, did you have anything you wanted to ask Cable?
1: I was actually about to ask him about Caden Wallace with him being the, the true freshman that's out there starting, but I mean he touched on literally every he basically touched on my my one question that I had, but I wanted to elaborate <laughs> a little on that. Everything else, man. I'm uh I'm re- I'm pumped. Can we play right now? Like I'm ready to go. Oh, yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's go roll up the sleeves boys. Let's go do it. Well, okay. Uh, I think that is going to do it for the Friday episode of the hog talk podcast. Of course, thank you to the, to the, uh, my, my partners in crime here, Kyle Sutherland and, and Kevin Bohan and Cabo. Wonderful job breaking down baseball. I am pumped. I'm not only ready for, for the Razorbacks and the Cardinals, I'm just ready to have baseball period. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to how this year is going to shape up, the uh, Razorbacks, like you said, they're they're stocked up, but going to have to battle through the pitching side of things. Hopefully, they can they can figure that out sooner than later. Uh, don't forget, everybody, rate and review the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. And until the next show, woo, pig, suey, go Hawks!